0: Good morning, and welcome. Good morning. And The Lord be with you. And also with you. grace and peace to us all, in the name of Christ our Lord. It is Christ who invites us to this time of worship. It is the Christ who met the disciples on Easter evening on the road to Emmaus and broke bread with them and proclaimed the word to them, who revealed himself to them as living Christ, so he reveals himself to us this morning. It is a joy to share in worship meet the risen Christ with you and to have you share in this time of worship, especially our guests, those who may be visiting. We thank you for sharing in worship at First Church this morning, and I remind you that we'll find registration pads to your right or left. I invite you to sign those because it helps us uh, to know of your sharing in worship this morning at First Church. As we gather, we are also attentive to opportunities for service and fellowship before us. Uh, You see the invitation, and you're seeing some signage regarding Vacation Bible School in July. So uh, here is a list of items, a way that you can support this ministry. We thank you in advance for your support and your prayers uh, that go with this ministry as well. A reminder uh, that this afternoon at two o'clock, we will host for the Danville District an informational meeting regarding the the church's conversation, uh, regarding human sexuality. All are invited to share in that just informational meeting, just to see where we are as a church Uh, legislatively and and politically uh, as we prepare for a call to general conference next February. So again, our district superintendent and other leadership will preside and share the information as to where we are in this process and uh, you're invited to be a part of that. Remember the opportunity to help with the lunch bunch ministry and we also see the invitation to help with the closed closet ministry before us as well. Vital ministries entrusted to us by God Thank you for your support of those ministries. And a reminder, well, that this being the first Sunday of the month, Communion Sunday, uh, the mission boxes are before us. Your contributions as you come forward to receive the Lord's Supper support the mission ministries of this church. Uh, and as we gather, we're going to be spending uh, some time in the Gospel of Mark today and in the next few weeks. Uh, Mark is the Gospel before us this year. So I look forward to sharing in Mark's Witness and uh, the Sad conflict between Jesus and religious leaders that is before us today. We prepare to worship God together. Invite us to stand our call to worship is before us Trust in the Lord and to do good the Lord strength to the people O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good cause refuge We praise God with praise to the Lord the almighty go to God as we pray with our opening prayer before us. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in whom we live and move and have our being, you created us for yourself so that our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Grant to us such piety of heart and strength of purpose that no selfish passion may hinder us from knowing your will and to know weakness from doing it. In your light may we see life clearly, and in your service find perfect freedom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We share the Word of God first as it comes to us from Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter. Here in Deuteronomy 5, we find the Ten Commandments. As we come to the Gospel lesson, we see there's some conflict over observance of the Sabbath. Uh, So that commandment regarding the Sabbath is before us as we share from Deuteronomy 5. First we pray. Lord, may your word be the word we hear above all others. And may we find ourselves renewed, refreshed, and inspired as your word is spoken. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor, and to do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your manservant or your maidservant or your ox or your ass or any of your cattle or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your manservant and your maidservant may rest as well as you. You shall remember... That you were a servant in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out thence with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. This is the word of our Lord. And we are given occasion this morning in this time of worship to recognize our graduates and those graduates who may be with us, if you would come forward. You see their names before us. Holly Hunter was at the 845 service, so we uh, celebrated Holly's graduation at 845. We also see the names before us of Virginia Crabtree, Sammy Easley, Sebastian Lopez, Alfredo Garcia Huerto, Katie Ryan Snyder, Preston Painter, and Davis White. And to david smith david surprised us this morning welcome david we're glad you're here and congratulations did you want to speak about the uh... uh
1: our college graduates have received their gifts in the mail and we have something for our high school graduates we have a card and a bible to take with them and a pack of devotions for the whole year as they start their adventure after high school. So we're very proud of all of our graduates, our two high school and our college graduate here, and for those that couldn't make it today. We are thankful that they have been part of our family here at First Church, and we hope they continue to be part of our family as we pray for them and watch over them and guide them uh, throughout their college years and their years to come in life after college.
0: Let us pray. Lord, you are with us in all circumstances. You give to us occasions of joy in which we know your gift of life and in which you call us to rejoice with one another. This is one of those occasions as we remember those who have given hard work and many hours and sweat and tears to uh, completing education. And we pray for for these now before us, uh, that you would keep them in your care, that they would know your presence. And may they always know the blessing and affirmation of prayers of this church. Again, we thank you for these who have accomplished so much and have so much more yet to accomplish. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Let us hear. It for today. Again, congratulations. I have to know our prayers always. We stand as we sing, Come Share the Lord. From the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 23, into chapter 3, verse 6, we hear the word of our Lord. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did When he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any, but for the priest to eat, it also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. And they watched him to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. This is the word of our Lord. Well, years ago, I heard the expression the only thing worse than a know it all is a know it all who does. The expression comes to mind this morning as we share the gospel lesson from Mark. Because these know it all Pharisees, well, they do know their scripture, they know their commandments, they know of the fourth commandment, the one that is found in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. A commandment telling the people of God, you shall remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. They know in addition to these words commanding how the Sabbath is to be observed, that there were numerous other writings dictating behavior allowed and forbidden on the Sabbath. These Pharisees know their commandments. They know religious instructions supporting proper observance of the Sabbath. So if the Pharisees know the commandments and related writings, you would expect Jesus to know all this as well. Yet the Gospel of Mark tells of a certain Sabbath day. The Pharisees see Jesus and his disciples plucking heads of grain. Later that same Sabbath, Jesus heals the man. Certainly Jesus knows what is written in Scripture, Certainly, Jesus knows other instruction telling the people of God how they are to behave on the Sabbath. Does Jesus not care about these words? We also may wonder why Jesus, well, why can't he just wait? He could have avoided this ugly episode had he done so. I mean, really, is plucking a few grains of wheat going to satisfy the hunger pangs of his disciples? Is that effort worth it? And why not just wait until sundown, until the Sabbath has passed, and then they can enjoy a nice filling meal? And as for this man with a withered hand, well, that's not a life-threatening condition. Would there be any harm in waiting until the Sabbath has passed? Then you can heal the man. Would this not be the wise thing to do so as to avoid any conflict with leaders of the faith community? And ugly conflict it is. Intense conflict so early in the Gospel of Mark in the ministry of Jesus. Read the Gospel from the beginning and see that it does not take long in this Gospel to find Jesus and religious leaders engaged in bitter conflict. Even before we arrive at this point in Chapter 2 of the Gospel, Jesus has had perplexing conflict with the religious leaders. After forgiving the sins of a paralyzed man and before healing him, religious leaders accuse Jesus of blasphemy. As he sits at tables, the religious leaders rebuke him for sitting at table with sinners. When Jesus and his disciples do not fast as John the Baptist and his disciples fast. There are those who wonder, why why don't you and your disciples fast, Jesus? All of this brings us to the conflict before us now. The disciples of Jesus pluck heads of grain on the Sabbath. Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath. This series of conflict has come to its end. The final words, summing up this extended conflict between Jesus and religious leaders... The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against Jesus, how to destroy him. We've barely begun the gospel, have just stepped into the third of 16 chapters. Already, the leaders decide Jesus must be destroyed. Perhaps they are quick learners. They learn early. It's easier to kill Jesus than to follow him. Still, as distasteful as we may find these leaders, I invite us to be fair. Technically speaking, these leaders were in the right. Jesus and his disciples were violating laws of the Sabbath. You can look it up. You shall honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And that's no small thing. I mean, if that word is to be tossed away, what is it to say that we are to take the rest of Scripture seriously? Yet we come through the Gospel of Mark to this point at which those in the community of faith decide the ministry of Jesus can go on no further, he's to be destroyed. These leaders, we confess, well, they know the words of Scripture, but we may wonder, do they know the Word? There is a difference between knowing the words and knowing the Word. There's a difference between finding reason to destroy and being concerned about the things that matter most. If we miss that point here, Mark gives us opportunity to see this truth elsewhere in his gospel. For example, we come to chapter 12, toward the end of Jesus' ministry with his disciples, and Jesus there is asked a series of questions. And they are not friendly questions. The questions are asked by authorities such as we meet today who want to destroy Jesus. So they ask these questions and they hope Jesus will stumble. As he tries to answer the first of these questions jesus is it lawful to pay taxes to caesar or not but rather than tripping over his tongue as he answers the question jesus we are told amazes them with his answer a second question is asked by religious leaders known as sadducees those who do not believe in the resurrection and with their question, they hope to ensnare Jesus within the folly they see as belief in the resurrection. So they set before Jesus this story in which a man dies childless, leaving behind only a widow. According to scripture, say the Sadducees, this man's brother is to take his widow for his wife and raise up children with her for the deceased brother. Well, the man who died had seven brothers. And as luck would have it, each of these brothers took the man's widow for his wife, only to die with no children, and finally this serial widow died, which was probably a mercy for her. (laughs) So we see what these Sadducees are doing, posing this scenario in which they say, okay, Jesus, you who talk of resurrection, you've got this black widow who had seven husbands, they all die... In the resurrection, which one of these brothers is going to be her husband? Again, Jesus answers well, silences those who try to silence him. And in the midst of the dispute that follows, a certain scribe approaches and asks Jesus his question. It's not a question meant to entrap. It is not a gotcha question comes across as a question of urgency, a question asked in all seriousness. The question, which commandment, is the first of all? Well, according to the Gospel of Mark, Jesus needs no time to answer the question. He draws from the word of God, in doing so, from both Deuteronomy and Leviticus, as he answers, You shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and you shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these well mark's not alone in providing this account of jesus answer as to what matters most matthew and luke do the same and after this we are told No one dared ask him any question. Is it any wonder? I mean, Jesus has already told us more than we may want to know as he tells us what matters most. Well, we've heard again of the informational meeting we host for the Danville District this afternoon, a meeting intended to keep us current regarding discussion in the United Methodist Church regarding human sexuality, I welcome the meeting and trust it will be of help to churches on the district. Still, I can't help but find this ongoing conversation regarding sexuality to be something of an idolatrous conversation. I find this to be terribly sad and ironic, especially considering the people of God are told, you shall have no other idols before me. Yet before us, commanding a disproportionate wealth of time, energy, resources, attention, is the issue of human sexuality. If only we cared as much about issues such as evangelism, or missions, or faith development, or stewardship, or worship. You see, that's what we do when we fashion for ourselves idols. We wander away from all that blesses and affirms life Choosing instead to nurture things that curse and deny and extinguish life. We stray from matters of greatest importance instead of giving time and energy to matters of lesser importance. When we fashion for ourselves idols in whatever form or fashion, we worry about things such as picking grain on the Sabbath, criticize the healing of the crippled, and show no love for God or neighbor. Yet that's the appeal of an idol. While the creating and sustaining of idols requires time and energy, it is still easier than doing what Jesus tells us matters more than anything. Loving God with all heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving our neighbors as ourselves. I mean, who among us is so easily going to love God with all heart, soul, mind, and strength and love neighbor as self? when we complain about picking grain on the Sabbath or about the healing of a withered hand. How distant are we from the Pharisees? Well, perhaps our idols are different, but we have them. They may not be idols related to behavior on the Sabbath, but they are idols functioning just the same. That is to say, they serve us, they serve our purposes, and preserve what is important to us. This, in spite of the words of the Lord, you shall have no idols. This, in spite of the words of Jesus, who, when asked what matters most, said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus heals the man. The leaders make plans to destroy him. For they know we either follow Jesus or kill him. As for our idols, they don't ask as much, but... Ne- they don't offer us anything either. There's no life found in complaining about the picking of grain, no life found in complaining about the healing of the crippled. So I realize this scripture in the Gospel of Mark may not appear to invite us to abandon our idols in pursuit of that which gives life, but I believe the scripture does this. For the command, you shall have no other idols before me, is a commandment spoken, not just for the well-being of the Lord, It is a commandment spoken for the well-being of you and me. In this command is the invitation to love the Lord our God with all heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. In this commandment is invitation to care for those things that matter most, to know God's gift of life, life found only in loving God and in loving neighbor. Amen. We respond to the word as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed as found on page 7 in our hymnals. And invite us to stand as we affirm our faith. and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of sins,
1: the forgiveness of sins,
0: the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
1: Amen.
0: You may be seated. We share now in a responsive time of prayer known as the Prayers of the People. As we go to God in prayer, I share news that some of you I'm sure have heard, the sad news of the death of Dr. Don Holsinger this morning, so that's all we know at this point, but we certainly lift up Dr. Holsinger's family in our prayers. As we share in this time of prayer, I will conclude each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy, invite the response, hear our prayer, and invite you to name those concerns, those persons you may like to speak as well. We go to God as we pray. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. mercy hear Hear us lord as we pray for those who suffer and those in trouble lord in your mercy lord in your mercy Hear hear us lord as we pray for the concerns of this community lord in your mercy Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. Lewis, Janine Howard, the Ministries of First Church. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, hear our prayers, spoken in the company of the communion of saints, those who join us around us now, praising you without end. Amen. Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who love him who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Our prayer of confession is before us. Let us go to God as we pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the way of peace. Come into the brokenness of our lives and our land with your healing love. Help us to be willing to bow before you in true repentance bow to one another in real forgiveness. By the fire of your Holy Spirit, melt our hard hearts and consume the pride and prejudice which separate us. Fill us, O Lord, with your perfect love, which cast out our fear, and bind us together in that unity which you share with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hear this good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God, and I invite us to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. I just come forward. I'll invite our ushers to come forward as we worship God with his tithes and our offering. and We'll share with you the offertory tune as listed in our bulletins will not be the tune that Jill plays this morning. Instead, as we prepare to, to share in the singing of Lord of the Dance as our final hymn, uh, Jill is led to offer uh, an interpretation of the Lord of the Dance. So, Jill, we thank you and we welcome that. Let us pray. Lord, you bless us. You call us together as your children. You share your word, you invite from us song and music, and you invite us to worship with these gifts, and we pray that as we return these gifts to you, the giver, that they will be a blessing to many for the sake of Christ. Amen. table is set, and we remember as Christ has commanded us, do this in remembrance of me. So I invite us to follow along as we share in the celebration of our Lord's Supper. You may follow along on page 9 or, or follow it as it is posted before us. There are three responses we find in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Uh, these will be sung responses, and as we come to those responses, our choir will lead us in singing those responses. The Lord be with you lift up your hearts let us give thanks to the lord our god It it is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you father almighty creator of heaven and earth you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life when we turned away and our love failed your love remained steadfast you delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. and made with us a new covenant by water in the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your Word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. all honor and glory is yours almighty father now and forever with the confidence that we have as children of God, I invite us to pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and to deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the table of our Lord to which each of you is invited. Our ushers will instruct you to come down the center aisle. There will be two stations here. Uh, At each station, you'll be offered a portion of the bread, and then you're invited to dip that into the cup that will be held before you. As you feel led, you may kneel here for a word of prayer before returning down the side aisles. But this is the Lord's table, and the Lord invites you, knows you by name, to come and dine with him. Come to the table of our Lord. Our choir will come first. I invite us to share our closing prayer as it is before us. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that when we go into the world in the strength of your spirit, to give ourselves for others, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. you stand as we share in the singing of Lord of the Dance, let us stand. Jesus who said you are the light of the world and we go forward now as a light for Christ assured that here we have been fed and nourished we have met the living Christ and his promise is to go with us always even until the end of our days so go now in peace in the name of God the father God the son and God the holy spirit amen